Welcome to Dominion Today with Kevin and Chantel Davis, a podcast where you will learn how to discover your calling, live your purpose, and fulfill your destiny. By listening to these episodes, you'll build the confidence you need to operate in dominion and authority so you can walk in the revelation of the victory that belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Now here's your host, Chantel Davis. I want to bring you a word that might not sound like Merry Christmas. But the Lord said to me, my people need courage. They need courage. Because you see, when all of your festivities are done, and the family members, whether you like them or you don't like them, and your gammon is gone and you've slept, and then the same things comes to haunt even God's people. But you cannot go into 2024 with everything that wants to bind you. The Egyptians that's behind you. So today, make it up in your own mind. Today, if there's fear, if there's anything that wanted to hold me back, the things that you struggled with, addictions, afflictions, mindsets, poverty, whatever has been keeping on. Some of you don't need many counsel sessions, need a touch from the living God today. He can do it. He's done it for me. He's done it for you. God has done more for me in moments with him than sessions and sessions and sessions to try and figure us out. And it's not because our leaders don't have the skill to do it. But you see, God has made us as such intricate vessels. There's layers upon layers. And he knows where the trauma took place. He knows where the hurt or the lie, the rejection. You didn't even know because you're so accustomed to just moving on. Because if you don't put one foot in front of the other, then what will happen? But we don't take a moment to say, Jesus, what just happened? Was there trauma that altered my being? So I'm speaking about courage today. And you know what? It's a test of courage. A test of courage. I want you to take your Bibles out. Please, when you come to Dominion Church, do bring your Bible. It's wonderful to have it on your device. But get your Bible, make notes in it, scrabble in it, because the things that you write down in the anointing, it stays with you. When you go there again, you can remember, oh, that is what the Lord shared to me in that moment. Make notes. We're not here as entertainers, coming out when the show starts and now everything is business as normal or as usual. We are here as life-altering vessels. And many a time we have to go through these things first ourselves to taste and see. Because otherwise it's a speech. And there's enough people in our country that make speeches. Jesus wants to come and he wants to deliver his people. So that a remnant can stand up and say that I've tasted and I've seen what my God can do. It's a taste of courage. And you see, courage is something, friends, that it cannot be outsourced. You can't say, friend... Will you go and muster up the courage for the calling that God has given me? Because for me, it's too great. No, you see, it has to be stirred up yourself. It has to come from the vision that God has given you. And if your life doesn't require you to be courageous, then perhaps you're not living your calling. Jesus, make the people cool, please. So in Judges chapter 7, 
It's an Old Testament near Kings. And we're going to be camping in a few books in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy and so forth. So you can keep your hand there. But Judges chapter 7 from verses 1 to 7. I'm going to be reading out of the NLT. Very famous story. You all know it. So here it says, so Jeroboam, that is Gideon. We all know him by name Gideon. Gideon and his army got up and went as far as the spring of Herod. The armies of Midian were camped around the north uh, on the valley near the hill of Moreh. Verse 2 says, but the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many warriors with you. If I let all of you fight the Midianites, then the Israelites will boast to me and say that they have saved themselves with their own strength. So here we see a part of God's character in his nature. When you read the Bible, you have to pause because it's these verses that you think, no lesson to be learned here. Gan Proverbs, Psalms, all die dinge wat lekker, Book of John, and so forth. But when you read the Bible, you need to understand, dissect it. What is happening here? God says to Gideon, you've got way too many people around you. What do we want? We want numbers. We want the numbers, the people. We want the likes. We want everything to spy. God says, way too many. We have to cut them down to size. There's too many around you. So again, it's this upside down kingdom that Jesus brings to us. We all we are pursuing in this life. We need the more, the more, the more. Verse 3 says, tell the people, whoever is timid and afraid, they may leave this mountain and they can go home. If you're here in this place, we're a fraction of that. If you are timid and afraid, you're welcome to go home. If the heat is too much, if the sacrifice is too heavy, with all love, we must say that you're welcome to go home. Because you see, God is calling those who are willing to go beyond what is just comfortable. He's testing our hearts. Today is all about a test of courage. So he says to them in verse 4, so 22,000 of them went home. 22,000 in, initially all of them came willing. They knew we we're going to fight. It wasn't a mystery. We're going on an outing. And then they heard, no, it's a fight. They knew. But when the word came, you're released if you're fearful. 22,000 of their men say, With all respect, Gideon, we're going to go. And now they're going. 10,000 was left. And it says that they were willing to fight. Now, Pastor Kevin has this sermon where many of you might have heard those who are willing and those who are able, right? We don't just need the willing. We need also those who are able to do what they need to do. But verse 4, the Lord says to Gideon, he says, there's still too many. 10,000. Or the stadium with comes and they are saying that they are ready. They want to fight for the Lord. There's a way that we want any of them to leave. Ons geef vir hulle koeldrank by die deur, ons geef hulle pastikie of voucher vir speur en al die dinge, that they can just stay. God says, uh-uh, it's not my way. There's too many of you. I'm going to test you even further. And he says to Gideon, take them down to the sprig, to the waters, and he says, divide the men into two groups. The one group are those who will cup the water in their hands and they will lap it with their tongues like dogs. And then the other group are those who will kneel down, they will drink, they will put their faces right into the stream. 
And then it says that 300 men drank with their hands and all the others got down on their knees and they drank with their mouths in the stream. Now the commentary says that it was in the heat of the day. It was midday in Israel. And they went and he said, you can go and drink. They didn't know it was a test. When we step into a test with the Lord, he doesn't say to us, right, timer, start, test, ga nou gebeur. Ons stap en hy toetsen sonder om te weet. En dit is ook om ons baie keer ons self kry, ons gaan om die, om, om die berg, om die berg, om die berg. En hy sê, gaan maar weer my kind, want vir die karakter wat ek moet vorm binnen in jou, vir dit wat ek wil hee, wat moet gebeur dier jou, gaan jy hierdie ding moet oorkom. So they all went, and they just saw water, and they do, drove, or do, in gedive. Engels is second language. I'm doing my best. Some of the commentaries say that actually it was compared to the dogs in Egypt, the Egyptian dogs that was went past the Nile River. And they knew that there were crocodiles in the river. So those dogs were very, very skeptical when they went to drink. So they would lap a bit, so a bit vinnig drink, and then hard loop weer, op die uitkijk vir die gevaar. Right? So the Lord says, those 300, these are the guys that I want to take with me. With them, I'm going to give you the victory. Some of you have lost business partners this year. You've lost people, you've lost family, and in that moment it was so sore and you felt rejected, you thought it was another cycle continuing. God said it was people that would not have the vision to go where I want you to go. So for a season they might be separated from you. Stop mourning things, get on your knees and ask the Lord, what is really happening? Because everything that we take for face value is not always what it seems to be like. Sometimes we must say, thank you, Jesus. Because that partnership or that thing or that open door would have taken you in a different direction. But we don't take time to sit with Jesus. He wants us to be courageous. But you know what? This type of courage that the Lord is after actually seeks or requires humility. It wasn't a stance of, Hey, ons gaan dit allemaal doen. Ek wil jylle so'n bykie wakker skrik. They were all warriors. They were guys with great strength and tenacity and power that have killed many in battle that went home. So it might have been the weak ones. The commentaries say that it might have been the fearful ones, actually, because they weren't as bold to just dive into the water. So God is taking those that we would not qualify in the natural. And he says, with you, I'm going to show my victory. Because he says, I'm a jealous God. When I come onto your scene, I want to be the one that gets the glory. The courageous ones. But they took on a position of humility. If you think about Jesus. Jesus, the bravest, most courageous man that ever lived. He was humble. He went all alone to that cross. They spat on him. And I know we're celebrating his birth, but his birth and his death is so connected to each other. Because it's in his death and his resurrection that we are sitting here. The world says many saviors have been born, but there's one savior who stood up. But he had to take on the humble position, first and foremost, for a God, our God, the God, to take on the lowly position of a man. So if you want to be qualified for Jesus, it might look like foolishness to the world. But in him, he says, with your humility, with the fact that there's no pride in you, he will use you. 
He will use you. There's many people that returned in business. They started out great, but this year when the winds and the waves came, they gave up. Businesses foreclosed. People might have returned from ministry. And you know what? The thought might have come to you. And I want to go as far as to say that I almost know that thoughts came to you within these 365 days of this year that wanted you to give up. That say to you that you're not, this the end of you. But here you are sitting because there was something in you that went on your knees to say, Lord Jesus, surely you've got me a vision for my life. Surely there must be something that I must do in this life. And he picked you right up. And it's like Pastor Kevin always says, it's not a sin to be tempted. Temptation comes to all of us. But it's the ones who will give in to that temptation. So even if the thought of giving up, it's fine. Don't let that condemn you. Thoughts and things are flying around right now. Take hold of your thoughts right now. You can be sitting in this place, but you're thinking about other things. Get your thought here. God wants to deliver a message to you right now. And I want to say to you, friends, this has all been a test. It's been a test. It is a test. Don't give up. I almost want to let you in on the secret. It's just a test. It is not the end of your life. It is not the end of your ministry. It is not the end of your business. It was just a test to see what you're made of. When all of the things come and you've compared your business, your ministry, or your pageantry, or your bodybuilding, or whatever you're singing, you've compared it to everyone else. And you thought, yeah, surely God, can you use someone like me? And you've done much introspection. He says, it's exactly, it is exactly someone like you. When they said, you're too old, you're too sick. He says, oh, let my glory come upon you. Hallelujah. So in your life, you will have to go through a series of tests. You will have to develop the courage. And if you've been looking to any great man or woman of God in, any, or, or in the world, and we have thought, they must have had it easy. It must have come from that. It came with blood. It came with sweat. It came with tears. So Deuteronomy chapter 8, Chris is throwing it all for us on the screen, but you can jot it down. Deuteronomy 8 verses 2. I'm just going to highlight a few here. Just give a second for those who are going in their Bibles. Thank you, Jesus. So in Deuteronomy chapter 8, from verse 2, he says, Remember the Lord your God that led you through the wilderness in 2023. For these 40 years, he was humbling you and he's been testing you to prove your character. To find out whether or not you would obey his commandments. He humbled you, but for some he let you go hungry. And then he fed you with manna. For some of you, there were no way that you knew how you're going to pay your mortgage or your rent or your car payment or how food was going to come onto the table the next day and the next week, how the school fees would be paid, how the next orders that people are placing on demand on your business, how you will do that. There was no way. Alles wat extra was, die DSTV en al die goeders en die, dis net die wifi wat geblei het. Julle kon maar brood geëet het, maar die wifi moet toch nie af hee. Ek ken die story. I've been there. So he says, but I've humbled you and I've tested you. 
Because I want to be the one that is the one who sustains you. In all these 40 years, he says, your clothes didn't wear out, your feet didn't blister or swell. Think about it. Just as a parent disciplines a child, the Lord your God disciplines you for your own good. But then he says, here comes the promise, because where are we standing? We are not bringing doom and gloom. That is what the world wants to make you think, because they want you to go into fear. So they will say words like civil war. They will say all of these things. And I'm not saying that those are not realities. But as far as I know, you and I have been called to a higher reality where he says that no one will touch you. A thousand can fall, 10,000 can fall. But if I do not allow it, nothing will happen to you. So for us as the children of God, I'm going to go with the spring in my step to 2024. Because if God has not said calamity is coming, then why would we believe that? Who is this unclean, un defiled, whatever, uncircumcised Philistine that comes and spits all of these things. You must see the media and all of these things as a demonic giant speaking over God's people where even the generals are standing and trembling in fear. Don't just look at the Bible as a book of stories. It's a book that shows you what happens. So he says, obey my commandments, verse 6. Walk in my ways. I'm bringing you into a good land flowing with streams and pools of water, with fountains and springs that gush forth, and valleys and hills. Wheat and barley will be your portion, grapevines and fig trees and so forth. You can read that. But then he comes with a warning in verse 10, and he says, when you have eaten your fill, when you're not worried about the school fees anymore, and the rental is being paid, and you can actually put down, uh, you can get a mortgage for your house and whatever it might be. He says, be careful in that moment because it's coming for you where the blessing is on your doorstep. Be sure to praise the Lord your God for everything that he's given you. There's a time to be careful, he says. Do not forget me when you get the plenty and disobey my commandments. Because that is where people fall away again. We know where to run to him when we're going through the test. But you don't have to be an up and down Christian. We don't have to go into mountains and valleys. We can stay high if we choose to praise him on the hilltops and in the valleys. Hallelujah. God wants to be your source. It says in verse 17 that he did all of this so that you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth on my own strength and energy. Vivian, just by a raise of hands, your business, even when it's thriving, can you just ignore everything? Don't you need God anymore? Or do you need him for the next level and the next level and where you're going to? It is always so. In your business, you can get to a place where you're comfortable, but he says if you want to go higher, always, always. And some of us have been sitting in this house and you've come to the front and hands were laid upon you and the anointing came. And then you walked out and the next week you thought, oh my goodness, why is it still winds and waves around me? Because the anointing that came upon you actually just activated where you're going in your future. And it also activated the tests that were necessary to get your character to where God wants you to go. Because in here in the front, it's not just a miracle just like that. God says, okay, you put your hand up. You said, Lord, no more. No more of the past. I'm going to go higher with you. He says, all right, my child. Let me test your character. Let me bring you to a place where you are worthy, where you can represent me well. Hallelujah. It's accompanied by tears. 
If you think about the Olympic Games and those people that we see that win the gold medals, don't think they stumbled upon that platform or that podium. Never. The rugby, I mean, now we celebrated our team and they won by one point. There might be luck in that end game, but it wasn't four years of luck that got them there. It was hard work and sacrifice and traveling and, and late nights and being scolded in, in correxy, in sitting under a leader who you might not always agree with. And it's being shaped and formed until you are ready to be in the league where the big boys are playing. But we are living in a time of mediocrity where it's easier for us to justify why we haven't achieved much. And I'm saying this with love, but we're in a place where people, in 2007, they might have gone through a terrible time. They lost their home. Now it's 23, almost 24, and you say to them, why don't you have your home? Great answer. It's the truth. It's so. But I mean, it's almost 20 years later. So I'm speaking with the people who have grit. I'm speaking with people who need tenacity. If you're going to be part of this house, you will need to have grit, my friends. Because we are the ones that have to bite bullets and move forward. We are visionaries in this house. And that makes each and every one of you a visionary. And that's why it will get uncomfortable when you think like, why is nothing just happening easy? Because God has not given you a small call. He's not called you to be alive in this hour as his remnant people. And it's just easy for you. Because you have to be there even when everyone else leaves you. You're the one that says, I heard from God. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 to 4. You can just jot it down. Deuteronomy 20, verse 1 to 4 says, When you go out to fight your enemies and you face horses and chariots and an army greater than your own, do not be afraid. Okay, but... God says, don't be afraid. And then he says later that I will be with you. But he still says that you will see horses and chariots that is even greater than you yourself. So this just means that when he has called you for a great calling, he never said, I'm taking away every giant. I'm taking away every competitor, every naysayer, every mountain, every bit of sickness that wants to come at your body. He never said that. He says you will be surrounded by them. But when do you actually see the mountains and the horses and all of these things? It's only those who are willing to step out of their households and to say that I am going to be in this fight because God has called me. And then he says you don't have to be afraid. And then the thoughts come and the enemy attacks your mind. He says, take that first step. And even though you see enemies much greater than you, I will be with you. Hallelujah. He said, oh, David, even though you're small, don't be afraid of Goliath. Even though he's spitting all kinds of words, I will be with you. We don't applaud the people who fell back. We don't applaud the people who closed their business this year. You cannot quit. That is not an option. You can never quit. 
And that seems hard because when you're in a low place, all you want to know is, okay. and you need the ones that says to you, it's okay. I've been there in moments. They, my husband actually says to me, it's okay. You feel overwhelmed right now. You feel like you can't do it. You need the ones that will comfort you for a moment. But then he says to me, come on, who are you? If you quit right now, you will never know what the end result would be. You will never know. People commit suicide because it's a short-term solution for, I mean, for a long-term permanent solution for a short-term problem. Want ons voel in hierdie oomlik, ek weet nie hoe om aan te gaan nie. Ek het in hierdie oomlik soveel gemors aangevang, ek weet nie hoe gaan hulle my ooit weer vergewe nie. There's always forgiveness. There's always, if you say sorry, there is forgiveness, Jesus will come and restore you. Sometimes we'll have to go through the process, selfs as om te strong toe gaan, ons moet ongelukkig goed goed kies doen. Maar as jy daar uitkom, there's forgiveness. Hold on, hold on, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit, don't quit. Some of you have said, okay, let's get family time to see. Some of you thinking in your minds, if they're just all gone, uh, I can't, I can't do it. I can't even go a year so and go. The Lord is busy to your door to come. Don't quit. Don't quit. Even if there's a trail of blood behind you, He's making of you a leader. And your testimonies, I said the other day on Facebook, that leaders don't just have memory verses. They've got actual memories that they can refer to of the places where God took them from a place of despair, but they've overcome. Bold people. When one door closes, that you don't just sit and wait, because if God has called you, you go and look, where is the next open door? But yes, a go-getter. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 31, we're all gonna, almost going to be finished. Deuteronomy 31, verse 6 to 8. You see, there's a grace coming on some of you today to become the warrior that you needed to be. You're all alone. You have been isolated to a point where you can't understand why. It doesn't make sense in the natural. But God says, even though this cup is heavy, if you will allow me to take you through it, you will marvel at your life. Marvel. See, in Deuteronomy 31, he says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you he will neither fail you nor abandon you. Moses called Joshua as Israelites watched, and he said, be strong and courageous. And I want to point you out this sentence which says that the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He doesn't even say that I'm sending angels on your behalf. That the Lord our God himself will take so much care because he loves you so much. And he says, I will personally accompany you. You just walk with me. For some of you, don't even do anything further. You've done it all. He says, just stand. Just walk with me. Klein stappies. Klein stappies. Net wanneer die Heere beweeg. And they say, ek gaan persoonlik saam met jou. This battle is mine, he says. And you see, when God speaks to us about our future, so many times he starts and he says to you, Hercules, moet nie bang wees, he. Maar dat wat ek jou nou gaan wees. 
dan moet jy weet, oh jy hou net vast en hy sy heeft die belt en al die type van dinge. Many times when he speaks to you, because he doesn't just come and shames you in your current situation. Hy shame, so het hy nou geld, sy voel vandag een bykie depressed. Nee, 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 hy sê vir jou, ek wees vir jou, wat ek met jou leven wil doen, in die toekomst, ek gaan jou daar kry, stapie vir stapie, but that's why he comes and he says to you, Jeanette, fear not. Dan sê sy, hier maak het soveel verskonings, ek kan het nie by, fear not. For where I want to take you. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to turn there. You know this so well. God says in 2 Timothy 1.7, He says, For God has not given Kevin Davis the spirit of fear. He has not given, put your name in there, Lara, all of us. Misha, he, does, he, he did not... Um, Marishka, daar wil jy achteruit doen. He did not give you a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and of a sound mind. Elaine, he never gave it. Chantal, hy het nie vir my een veervolle geest gegeen, die vreesvolle geest gegeen nie. But you see, have you ever thought of it? He has not given you the spirit of fear. So that means fear is then a gift. Everything that can be given can be rejected or accepted. So when I find myself trembling in my room, all alone, don't know what to do, then what does it mean? I accepted fear to come into my heart. And if God didn't give it, someone gave it. So there was an other, another authority that came when you were caught off guard and he said that I want to present you with fear. You will not make it. You will die before your time. Your children will go wayward. Your life will end short. Your business will fail. And then Rokun's overcome. Says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. But you have to understand then, family, how strong the spirit of fear is. And I'm not making it greater than God. I just want to say to you that fear, fear is the strong man that he comes and he opens up the door. And every other spiritual force is waiting in line. And they cannot do anything until you say, I'm opening up the door for the spirit of fear. Because then fear, death, poverty, uh, rejection, shame, and then they come in like a flood. But you first have to say, okay, fear. So God has say, said then there's three of these spiritual forces that it takes to stop or to defeat fear. It takes power, it takes love and a sound mind to stop fear from having a hold on your life. And this is something that I want you to deal with even in this Christmas time. Is there fear that has grabbed a hold of you? Fear for your future, fear for your unborn child. So many fears. Power, love and a sound mind. And it can't just be something that you ignore, friends. You have to say that fear, I reject you. Fear, you do not have a hold on me. I have power. And it can all cling to the dinky of the call, but you have to close that door. And you, even if it takes you reciting the promises of God over your life, over your business, over your marriage, my marriage will not end in divorce. Because all of these things, it's a generational curse. It's been happening, happening, happening. And now come it by you. And I said, fear. And you have to say, you will get behind me, Satan. 
It's a fight that you have to fight on your own. We're almost done. Train yourself to overcome fear continuously, continuously. Dominion Church, all of us will fulfill the great plan that God has for us. This vision is but in its infancy. It is a baby church, one and a half years old. We have run with it. We are faithful and we will see the fruition. But I want to ask you, are the, you the courageous ones, are the ones that's willing to have the staying power? I mean, I just laughed two weeks ago and they said, no, let's not tell Pastor Kevin. When you came here and someone shot the, the board with paintball guns or paintballs, not the other signs. No, no, Dominion Church. I enemy. Okay. Why would he go to Worcester Church and call police on a Sunday afternoon because we are too rowdy? They want to close Dominion Church. All of these things should just make you muster up more courage to say that I want to stay, God. I want to see what you have because you know what? This is not my battle. And if I ruffle so many feathers, then I want to stay there where the action is. Don't run away. It's just like quitting. You'll never know what God was about to do if you fall away. God's wisdom is not always shown immediately. Sometimes when you act in faith with that marriage ministry, you're doing it. You're ministering to the people. You don't know what the outcome will be. When Vivian started Seven Sisters Vineyards, she didn't know. People didn't line up and say, we will buy all your wines. We promise you that we will be there when the going gets tough. When we planted this church, no one said that we will definitely be there. Midweek service, Sunday service, give our tithe. And there's the guarantee. No guarantee. When you open up your hair salon and you went to Makasa, all of you with your various businesses, you're stepping out, whatever you're doing, there's no guarantee. When Vian is singing, there's no one else standing, we're going to buy all of your music that you're making. Marishka, we're going to buy all of your artwork. Faith is always a risk. You have to take that step to see what is it that God will do from my obedience. For Noah, 120 years, he said, people, the rain is coming. They said, oh, you fool. What are you building? We're drinking. We're partying. We're having wild things going. It looks foolish until God steps on the scene. You might look foolish until Jesus says that today is the day. This is the moment where I show my glory. There's a mystery in all of this. Um, I read the story a while ago about the drink called 7-Up. Who of you know the drink 7-Up? So the story behind it, there's seven ingredients and all of stuff. But when they, when they interviewed the owners, they asked, why seven up? He said, because this business has failed drastically six times before. But the seventh time we were up. So we called the seven up. So every time if you even drink that, think about the men's failures that went before you. To fail six times where everything is taken bankrupt. No one sees it. But the seventh time. Come on, will you get back up again? Will you do it again? Don't quit. 
And then I just needed to show you a few examples because you might just think Chantal is just talking about courage, but God always requires courage. Always, if he will use you in a mighty fashion. If you think about Naaman, he came to the prophet Elisha's house. He had leprosy, right? Skin falling off, limbs off, all of that. Mighty man came to the prophet's house, said, can you pray for me, man of God? Man of God didn't even come out of the house. He sends his servant to say, you, Naaman was a very prestigious man. Vitevis is the, the, the most wealthy person in, in Somerset West. But if he comes to Pastor Kevin, he says, listen, can you pray for me? I'm going bankrupt or there's this illness. Pastor Kevin doesn't, he sends Marishka to go out or even or whatever. He says, no, the prophet says, go and dip yourself seven times. And not nothing, Biki noch meer, you have to go 30 miles to the Jordan River. He was offended. Not only does the man of God not come out himself, but now he comes and gives me, do he, does he know who I am? Weet jy wie ek is? Heere, ambel ons vinnig as ons, wat my dink nou by die, by die, by die, wat is ding nou, Kevin? Moet nou eers gauw die sê. By die airport, where there's this meme where the guy says, do you know who I am? And I'll gaan die vrou en sê, we've got someone here that doesn't know who he is. So don't let them do that to you. But anyway, so he was offended, but there was an instruction. And God could have done it immediately, but he said to him, you have to go and dip seven times. And one time, two times, six times he dipped, and nothing changed. Nothing. Five minutes to the seventh time, nothing changed. Fel so droog, so krokodil. Hy denk, waar is die jere dan nou? Die profeet het gejok. But that is exactly what we do. God gives us an instruction, but we give up because we don't see and we don't want to do in the fullness what he said to do. But at that seventh time, Elijah said, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to say to you a wild thing. There's no rain ever. It's brand so by Simon's dad. It's going to rain more. It means to say, okay, whatever. And I say, for I serve and go and look. Seven times. I'm not making a thing of seven. I'm just talking about the instruction that God is giving us. And then a cloud came as large as the hand of the first of a man's hand. God will give you instruction. And if you bypass that, don't create an Ishmael when you have not yet seen what he has for you. Perhaps that's a word for someone this morning. Have the courage, the stickability to stay where he has called you, because surely it will be so great. It will be so great. Thank you, Jesus. So I want us in this quiet atmosphere to just ponder on this past year, on the times where fear has gripped your heart, the times where no one has seen you, but you were really afraid of what might happen, what, what lies in the future that you thought about giving up. It might have been times in this year that you felt offended because those that you thought would come to your rescue, they were nowhere to be seen. For some of us, that was even a test from God because he says, my people, you are part of my remnant. I need to ensure that your desire is not just on destiny helpers. You don't just look to man to be the one that opens up the door. 
He says, I cause the hearts of men to be softened that they open the door. But I want to be your ultimate provider. I am your healer. I am the one that rescues your marriage, that comes and takes away that mental struggle that you've had, that takes away the hardened heart. If you've cried painful tears this year, if thoughts of suicide has even come to you this year, I want you to quietly in this moment, just you and the Lord, speak to him just for a second. Acknowledge that you might have doubted you might have wanted to bypass the plan because you have given up hope on him. You've cried out and said, where are you, Lord? Are you even real? Can I still trust your word, Lord? Master, make another plan for my life. I want you to, in your heart, repent of that and just lay it down between you and him. And he's merciful. I can see how the Spirit is coming by every single chair this morning. And whatever you are willing to give him. He sees the baggage. He sees how tough it is. He sees what you're carrying. But he will never grab it from you. He's not a thief. He sees his children in agony and in pain. And he says, will you give it to me? I want to take care of it. I want to take the heavy burdens from you so that you can be light and your joy of your salvation can be returned to you. And you can step into the calling that I've had for you. Father, I thank you that in this moment, we can just be real and raw with you. That you know our thoughts and our intentions. You know the fears that has been gripping in our hearts. You know the things that we've been thinking, pondering on. You know the addictions that has enslaved us. You know the things that are knocking on the door of our hearts. You know the plans that we've been making because we might be afraid when it comes to finances. You know everything. But I thank you today, Lord, that you highlight those things to us. And that you remind us that you've got a great future. You never said to any of us that your life is ending by the end of 31st of December. That's going to be the end of you. But we thought that because we can't see further. We cannot see the entire road, but that was all part of the plan. That you said that I've got great and mighty things for you, but will you walk with me by faith? I want to give you the gifts that I have for you. All of heaven belongs to you. He says, I want to come and remind you today who you are as my son and daughter, because for a moment you've actually forgotten. You thought that you had to do it all on your own. And it became difficult. And it wanted to pull you away from me. But he says, in this joyous time, I'm coming to hold you. I'm coming to bring you back. I'm coming to love on you. I'm imparting whatever it is that you need. If it's a touch from me, I'll give it to you. If it's provision, if it's healing, if it's fresh faith, if it's a new vision, all of it's found in me. I thank you, Jesus, that we can always come back to you. And may today be a pivotal moment where you show us that courage doesn't mean that we have to do it ourselves. Courage actually takes us into a position of leaning into the arms of the Father and just showing up as those who are willing and obedient and will go the way. 
Will you anoint everyone afresh this morning, Lord? And in this atmosphere, I want to give everyone an opportunity this morning. If there are those of you who have felt far from Jesus, you've been faithfully coming to church, but in your heart you know that you are not close to him. Remember, but almost choosing Jesus unfortunately still secures a spot in hell for us. Almost choosing him. So I want to give us an opportunity this day. Because then you can truly go out. You can enjoy the festivities. You can have that peace. Because you want to ensure that this year you've made right with him. And I'm not going to give you many options. You know where you're standing with him. You know how you're feeling. You know what is happening on the inside of your heart. No one will judge you. Everyone close their eyes right now. If you want to ensure that Jesus, I want to walk with you. I want to be close to you. I don't want to be weary and tired no more. I want to be like that deer that can drink from the spring and can lay down with you. Then I want you to quickly just lift up your hand that I can pray with you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Don't let any voice tell you otherwise. If Jesus himself is tugging on your heart, whether you're a leader in this house, whether you've been saved for 55 years, whether whatever it might be, I never want to have any thought come against what Jesus has for me. Because you see, when we walk out of here, we're still captives of the demonic stronghold of fear. And he says to you, you see, you see, everything's going to be exactly the same. But you can choose right now to put a stop to that. To say that I've been given a spirit of love and power and a sound mind. And that liberty is my portion because Jesus came to take the shackles away. So if there's anyone else in this house, I want you to quickly just raise your hand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want those people who raise their hands to quickly come to the front. And today is going to be a beautiful new day. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else? Anyone else? It's not a spectacle. It's, it is eternity. It is Jesus that says that I want to refresh you again. We don't know why these people are standing here. Different reasons, different things, different seasons, different waves that came against them different strategies that the enemy has used because he wants to kill. He wants to come after the word in your heart. He wants to ensure that you go down to the pit. He wants nothing more for you to contemplate suicide. That's what he wants. If he can kill you, he can ensure that you don't have a next generation who has a mom and a dad. So if there's anyone else, I want to invite you to the front. Let's deal with this devil today. He's not going to hold you bound anymore. Are there any of you who have never given your heart to the Lord? 
I want you to close your eyes. I want all of you to stretch out your hands right now. I want to speak to the devil right now and say that you will take your filthy hands off of these people because they belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. The cycles of condemnation and death and strongholds stops today. Today. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask your forgiveness for running from you when I should have run to you. I renounce every spirit that is contrary to your word. Spirit of fear, I do not want you. And I cast you out right now. Spirit of death, I cast you out right now. Spirit of poverty, sickness, disease, go in Jesus' name. That spirit of strife and anger, I do not want you. I renounce you this day. Take out every tentacle that you've had on them, every stronghold that you had in them. If there was trauma, I rip it out of you right now. If anything happened that caused you to fall back into this place, I rip it out right now by the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit of addiction. I want you to repeat. Spirit of addiction. And if you're in this house, repeat it after me. Whatever stronghold he has on God's people. Spirit of pain. And offense. I do not want you. And I don't give you a hold of my life. Spirit of sadness and cycles of despair. It stops today. I break every clock that has continued in the spirit realm. And I step into the freedom that Jesus has for me. I want you to continue repenting with me or to say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for speaking badly towards myself. To always criticize and see my weaknesses and my faults. I apologize to you this day. You've created me with fear and trembling. I am your masterpiece. I have all the skill and the ability to do what you've called me to do. I forgive every person that spoke hatred towards me. Every family member. Every person in authority who rejected me. 
And I'm sorry, Lord, that I wanted to hold you accountable for the hurt that came through people. Bless every one of those individuals as you break off the shackles from me today. I am ready to step into the fullness that you have for me. Now we're ready. Dear Lord Jesus, today, 24 December, I give myself to you afresh. I cannot save myself. I'm dependent upon you. But your blood and your power is enough for me. I make a decision to never go backwards again. And I want you to take a little step forward right now. I step forward into my destiny with Jesus Christ. And I acknowledge that you are the only door to the Father. I am saved. I am your daughter. I'm your son. Thank you for taking me into the glorious future. Hallelujah. I just want you to start thanking him right now. Allow him to show you a vision. Even if you're sitting there, God will show you a glimpse of the vision that he has for your life, where he's taking you into this new year. He will show you the open doors. He will show you the restoration in your marriage. He will show you the beautiful baby in your arms. If you could not conceive or if you had trouble before, he will show you your healing. He will show you how you're ministering to thousands upon thousands. He will show you how you can go to those who've hurt you in the past and how you can have a conversation with them, even um, to the point that it hurts no more. He will show you how poverty is broken off you and that you are stepping into your generation and you are the one, the front runner. But no longer you're going to be afraid to be a visionary, afraid to be a pioneer. You're going to say, thank you, Jesus, that you've called me for this high purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I pray for every one of these beautiful individuals in front. I thank you that your glory is upon them, Lord. I thank you that you've handpicked each of them. That no more the devil has the opportunity to lie to them, to steal from them, Lord. That they are no longer bound. Every word that people have spoken over them to say, look what you are. You're just like this one. You're going to fall into a trap just like that one. No more. No more. I come against that condemnation. We have plucked a devil off. And you say, all we need is faith. We don't have to go into all kind of... Uh, um, um, we can just say, by faith in the finished blood... And the finished work of the cross, we are saved today. In the name of Jesus. Dad, I thank you so much for what you've done this morning to come and show us just afresh that you use those who will humble themselves in front of you. That you use the lowly, lowly in this world. It might have seemed lonely for a season. But God has actually said to you this morning that it was a test. You've passed the test. It is now time to wash yourself off. Get those mourning clothes off of you. Wash the burlap and the ashes from you. Lift your head on high. 
because we are here to represent him well. We are not downcast. We are not poor. So lift up your head from now on and let victory come over your lips and perhaps change your surroundings if the people around you wanted to draw you down and get with those who can see within you what you can't see yourself at this moment. Father, we give you glory. I thank you for the festivities. I thank you, Lord, that we can celebrate you. And I pray that you will use each of us as instruments where we go out now to different family members, in different settings, in different homes, to bring joy to others, Lord. Put a message in our mouths afresh to be the ones that sees beyond the facade. The old Tani and Oompi wat kom groet en soon groet en wat ook al, hulle het ook dalke behoefte. Lord, use every single one of us as your instruments. We will not see this Christmas as we saw Christmas earlier. Even if there's not many gifts under a tree, we know that we carry your gift, hallelujah, to this world in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you'd like to help Kevin and Chantel reach and impact this generation, thank you in advance for sharing this episode with your world. If you have enjoyed Dominion today, follow Kevin and Chantel on Instagram. Facebook, and your favorite podcast platform, or connect with them online at dominion.org.za.